Hey guys, it's Dr. Delvina. Are you ready to take the couch? Hey guys, it's Dr. Delvina, board certified psychiatrist in South Florida. Are you ready to take the couch? Hey, hey guys, it's another Sunday night. It's the Brain Love Podcast every Sunday night at 8 p.m. I'm your guest host, Dr. Delvina. Every Sunday night at 8 p.m., I post a new episode of the Brain Love Podcast. If you haven't subscribed yet, subscribe. I'm on all podcast platforms, iHeartRadio. Oh, snap. Okay. That brought up iHeartRadio and my and my listening device. Hey. So I'm on there. I'm on Pandora. And I'm also on um, Spotify as well as Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. And um, yeah, so subscribe. Don't just listen to the episodes and gleam information. Do me a favor and subscribe. Subscribe to the Brain Love Podcast so I can build my Brain Love family on my podcast platform. Some of you subscribe already on Instagram and on Facebook and other social media, um, including on my YouTube channel, which is Dr. Dalvina Thomas, D-R period, and then D-E-L, V as in Victor, E-N-A. Thomas, T-H-O-M-A-S. So last week you guys heard from myself and about five, yeah, five ladies were on the couch with me the last two Sundays and we've been discussing some sensitive topics in romance and relationships and sex, all of those things. Tonight we're back. I have the same five ladies on the couch with me. Help me welcome back. Please welcome um, LaToya, Erica, Sherry, Keisha, and Kimberly. Hey, they are back. And tonight the topic is when a woman's fed up. And um, I have to say, and I'm not just saying this because it's my podcast, but I'm saying it because this is real, real. This was a very deep conversation, very deep. And I appreciate these ladies for coming on and being so transparent and sharing, sharing their stories, sharing their life to um, hopefully enlighten other folks. And, you know, when we share information, it helps other people out. So please get on the couch with us as we talk about when a woman's fed up. All right, y'all. Are you ready to take the couch? So listen, y'all, shouldn't we all feel that way? Shouldn't we be with a man who makes us feel so inspired, as she said? She said, so inspired. I mean, come on, check it out. When my soul was in the lost and found, you came along to claim it. 
you make you happy, I don't need to do more. Hey, so yes. Listen, I want every woman out here to inspire to feel exactly what Aretha Franklin is describing in this song. You make me feel like a natural woman. She mentions feeling uninspired and when she knew she had to face another day, how tired she was. That was before the day she met him. Before the day she met him, life was unkind, but he became the peace, the key to her peace of mind. And then the part that gets me is, well, my soul was in the lost and found. You came along to claim it. Come on, y'all. You gotta, you owe it to yourself to want to be in a relationship, to be with a man who makes you feel all of these things. Give it to yourself. Don't fall for the okie doke. Don't fall for bull crap. Don't minimize how you believe you should be treated in a relationship. Go for it. Get what you deserve. We're back on the couch. Are you ready to take the couch? So listen, last Sunday, if you've already listened to that episode, I was speaking with uh, my homies, the ladies. They joined me on the couch and we talked about sexual freedom. Tonight, we're talking about eh, when a woman's fed up, when a woman is fed up. So help me to welcome back on the couch. I have Keisha, LaToya, Erica, Kimberly, and Sherry. Hey, y'all. Hey. hey, everyone. Hey. All right. Y'all good? Y'all good? Yes, we'll be hanging in there. All right. Yes. Amazing day. That's what's up. So you guys heard what I was just playing, right? Um, Aretha, Aretha Franklin's You Make Me Feel. Well, the title of the song is A Natural Woman. So I think that's a, a good segue into this topic we're discussing tonight when a woman's fed up. And then also, you know, it brings to mind for me R. Kelly and that song. So I'm sure we've all been in that situation where we were fed up. And Keisha, I'm going to go to you first because, you know, two episodes ago when we did that part one for sexual freedom and I had you guys introduce yourselves, Keisha, you said you're a native of Miami from here. And I asked you your status, that that, um, that you are divorced or separated? Yes. Well, I don't know if you want to call it recent. It's been a year, but separated. Gotcha. So you're separated. Now, talk to us about what led to that separation. You know, were you fed up? Or did you, did you get out of the relationship before you got to the point of being fed up? No, I was fed up before before walking, before leaving. Um, and it's funny that you know we're we're kind of on this conversation today because ironically it came up with um, another group of associates of mine. Because what I've realized, right? I always try to look at me in every situation. Is the fact of there was a lot of wishful thinking that I was doing. You know, I was hopeful that, you know, something would change, that he would adjust, that we get to this plateau, like things would smooth out. Um, and then at some point I had to start to be honest with myself and realize, like, people going to be who they are. 
And me bargaining is what I felt like I was doing to be loved. Like, okay, if I do this, then he'll do this. If I do that, then he'll love me more for this or whatever. And none of it was working. I was finding myself miserable, finding myself not wanting to get out of bed, not wanting to be bothered with regular day-to-day activities. I was walking around angry. And like, I literally disconnected um, completely before making the decision to leave and mind you it wasn't just like an impulsive decision i did make the effort to try to talk we did make the effort to try to go to therapy everything was still my fault he wasn't willing to see his side of the street um which just let me know further confirmation like it was time to go you know i had some people who were um confidants if you want to call it that who were list talking to me um and listening to me Mm-hmm. And it even got to a point where, you know, our, our sexual chemistry, like my body was no longer even reacting to him. Mm-mm-mm. I know. So for like, woman, that was absolutely it. Exactly. I was about to say for a woman, so, yeah. when you aren't responding physically, you know, it is a wrap. So I want to know the timeline, because I think sometimes people stay in relationships too long. They stay past the fact they know it's time to go and they just, they want to stay. They want to try to repair. They want to try to salvage that relationship. Um, so Keisha, if, if you don't mind sharing um, the timeline of when did you, or how long were you guys together? When did you start to feel fed up or feel like, you know, you're just doing all the compromising and he wasn't compromising at all. And then at what point did the sex become sour or the intimacy become sour how long were you guys together well we started we were dating um and let me say like looking back hindsight being 2020 as they say everything moved kind of quickly um we may have been seeing each other for not even a year six months before we moved in together after we moved in together um his family moved in with us so we never really had no alone time to actually try to get to know one another. Wait a minute, um, wait a minute, wait a minute. What you mean as family? What kind of, what, what, what members of the family moved in? A sibling. A sibling okay. moved in. Um, she, she was trying to get on her feet. And, um, you know, it, it's no problem with assisted mm-hmm. family. But, you know, I, I look back and realize, like, later on, that, that's something that I'd rather not do again. Um, especially because we hadn't had the time um, to know each other. You'd rather not do what? Cohabitate or cohabitate and bring in a family member? Yes, that. Cohabitate and bring in a family member. You know what I mean? Um, However, we we dated for for five years. um, And I think a lot of it was not necessarily being ready, but more being um, under the thumb of what society says it was time for. Because marriage, you know, y'all, y'all have been dating so long or when y'all go tie the knot or whatever the situation is. And he wasn't bringing it up, but I was pushing the issue because I felt like it was time, Mm -hmm. you know, um, there was time to make a commitment, not realizing that there was a commitment already being made without the papers being signed. Um, but you know, we, we did it. And (laughs) again, looking back, all of the all of the evidence was there. Like I pretty much had to, yeah, to force him. Like there was no excitement about preparation for the wedding. There was no willing participation. Like everything was kind of being 
forced and being pushed, but, mm-hmm. you know, I pushed past and looked past those red flags when everything came up. That was more important besides our wedding. And then, you know, even down to the day of walking down the aisle and you're more attentive to your family than you are the woman you just said I do to. Like there was a whole lot that I overlooked. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, it pretty much spanned for a total of eight years together for five. Um, I left right before our third year um, anniversary. Mm-hmm. And, the third year wedding anniversary. Right. And, you know, being fully transparent because that's what we do on this podcast, right? That's right. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I did make some um, decisions to to see other people prior to leaving the relationship, you know, prior to leaving the marriage. So that was another sign for me that when I actually started to entertain other people other than my husband, it was time to go. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely that biggest sign that means, okay, I got to get out of this relationship. When did, how far into the relationship, I'll say the entire eight-year relationship, did the sex um, become a turnoff or no longer a turn on? It started, I'm going to say probably about year four. Gotcha. There was a lot so you, on. So even before you got married, it started. Yeah. Oh, child, you ignored a whole lot of stuff. I did. I was in love, girl. <laughs> were you in love? What, were you, do you believe you were in love? No, I do not. Yeah. I, not. I was in love with the idea of what I wanted it to look of like. being in a relationship. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. I was in love with the idea of being a wife, the idea of having that, that happy family unit. Mm-hmm. Um, but negating the fact that nothing about that unit looked the way that it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it All was right. weighing on me spiritually. It was weighing on me mentally. It was weighing on me emotionally. I, there was like, this is the reason why I was checked out before I actually checked out. And the evidence, like I made the attempt to have the conversations. They weren't being listened to. I stopped cooking, stopped catering, stopped coming home, you know, stopped being as attentive and cooperative and none of it mattered. Yeah. Okay. Do you think he knew it was over? Yeah. I, I don't think he thought that I would leave. Do you ever he wonder was why did he stay? comfortability it, it's really um it can become stifling when you've built an image that you want to hold up to mm. and I know like for me it was it was a struggle which I had to come to grips with prior to actually leaving to be willing to break the image of what it looked like and accepting what it is gotcha yeah yeah, sometimes, a lot of times, not sometimes, we are concerned about image and what other people will think. And you got to, uh, you, you just, you have to ignore all of that. So, all right, we have the five ladies on, guys. I told you we got Kimberly's back, Cherie, Sherry's back, Keisha, Latoya, and Erica. Every time I say your name, Keisha, I want to say Keisha and Pam. Like total, <laughs> you know, remember, bad boys back in the day. Um, So I want to bounce it over to Erica, because during the last episode, Erica mentioned that she um, when you were talking about your your beautiful piercing, Erica, you told us that 
you were married to that guy. He got a piercing at the tip of his penis, which I meant to ask you, did that create a, a, um, a more enhanced sensation when you guys were um, enjoying intercourse, having that piercing at the tip of his penis? It did. It did. Did it ever scrape you, cut you, make you uncomfortable? No. Okay. Tell us what did it feel like? It was, it was it's something I guess like in a way you have to experience, but it's definitely, it, it was definitely like a great experience, you know, while, while we was, you know, together and definitely, you know, he had it in. It was a great experience. How many times have you been married, Erica? Twice. And the first marriage was how long? 60 days. Okay, that doesn't, we're not going to count that one. <laughs> That's like a moment. Of... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. And the second marriage, that's the guy with the piercing in the penis. How long was that? Uh-oh, sound engineer, I need you to check Erica's mic. Five years. Five years. Okay. Okay. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So when did you know you were fed up? Well, I would have to say with me and my um, second husband, it was a little different. Um, We really honestly divorced. Actually, I was the one that actually um, went on and put in for divorce because I felt as though at the time that we had started separating far and spending time with each other like we normally used to do. And that's because he had started his fitness centers and I started my business. And so I felt as though at that particular time that we wasn't spending the time that we don't need to spend with ourselves, our kids, or nothing. So I went for divorce. My ex-husband did not want to sign a divorce paper as well um, because he felt as though that he was working for something that we wanted you know, or whatever the case was, but I would just say uh, that situation was a little different. Um, I can't really say, like, we had, to be honest with you, like, a lot of issues because we didn't. When we went in front of the judge, they was like, this is crazy that y'all even here, and, you know, you even filed for divorce, but like I said at the time, I felt the though that we wasn't spending this type of time together. Yeah, so that, that, Situation was way different from being like just because you know I just felt as though we just I felt like we were separating in a sense because he was focusing on building his brands and I was focusing on building mine and it was kind of like just separating our kids at the time who was smaller dude they was like hey mommy and daddy don't come to all the baseball meetings or all the football team you know meetings and I just felt as though we was kind of separating ourselves. Do you think if you would have waited a little while, things would have gotten better? Like waited. Oh, yeah, I know for I know for definite. Like at the moment, like if I waited, I mean, even now to like when my mother and grandmother was doing the time, they were like, "Argh, this is the stupidest thing that you ever could do." And at the moment, he had got a little irritated, and he finally signed a divorce paper. Like I said, at first when I presented to him, he was like, "Get out of here! I'm not signing a divorce for something so silly." But I felt like you know, of course, like. Today, we're still good friends. You know, like I said, I'm, I moved on, he moved on, but we're, we're very good friends. You know, we still 
holidays come, we still celebrate everybody, like a family, our kids is grown. But, you know, it's just more so the fact, I think at that moment, like if I wasn't as impatient, in a sense, I taught myself something. I taught myself stop being impatient. Yeah. When people sometimes go through more worse things than that. I, I can't say I've ever been in a relationship where though I was cheated on, abused, but people go through worse situations than that. And I'm up here bitching and moaning because I gave the man the idea to start a fitness center. And the man did. He opened up one, he opened up two in the States and two in Toronto. And so at the time, you know, I'm like, okay, Erica, people go through tore up marriages. And you bitching and moaning complaining because maybe this week he's in Toronto handling business and you down here focusing on, you know, your nonprofit or whatever the case was. So, yeah, it taught me to be a little bit more patient in life. Wow. Thank you for that transparency. Yeah, Yeah, I'm just being honest. Like both marriages taught me something, you know, and it taught me, like like I said, that one taught Mm. me to definitely be more patient. You can't be so spoiled or title to the fact that you feel as though everything got to happen when you want it. And that's just, I'm just being real, coming from me, coming from a woman mm-hmm. standpoint. Because, you know, yeah, we go through a lot, but men go through some shit too. You know, on the flip side of it all. But it told me, like, you can't be that sporter as though if it ain't happening my time, my way, your ass got to go. Nah. <laughs> you know, so it taught me that. Life ain't going to work like that. How old were you when you filed for divorce? Uh, 33, 33 going 34. So I would say, you know, less experience at that age and relationships. And would you consider yourself selfish? At the time? Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. At the time I felt as though I was in a sense, you know, even like when I talked to at the time, which was still my counselor, you know, this is what I used to tell her all the time. I, I felt like at that moment that I was selfish. And the, you know what the crazy part was? We divorced in like an April. His birthday was in a June. And so he called me. He said, Erica, you know, let's go to Jamaica for my birthday. And the man proposed again. Wow. <laughs> he proposed again when we got away out the country. He proposed again. And you turned them down? I did. I said, if, you know, if it's really met, then it'll happen. I just, I just didn't do it again. So we didn't feel a need to have, like, this horrible hate relationship. It was yeah. more so, I guess we would just be friends. Like I said, and to be honest, his boys is not my biological kids, but I helped raise them. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, at the end of the day, we took care of our kids. Their mother's still around, and she's remarried as well but you know we all became like this big family like i said we still do trips and stuff together everybody you know but at the end of the day it's not about who he's with now and not you know because like i said i moved on i'm happy as well but you know it it made me know going forward in life you cannot be selfish you can't be that damn impatient that's crazy as hell Mm -hmm. do you think it was something else that made you not want to stay like were you just bored with him was he not what you thought he was going say, to be like, you know what? I'm not going to say like I was bored with him. Cause honestly, this man went out his beyond doing stuff. You know what? A big thing with me and I would have to admit with myself, mm-hmm. I'm very, very spoiled. And I was definitely one of the people, even sometimes today I have to catch myself when it comes to certain stuff. Cause 
I was one of the people that if I can't get my way, man, fuck you. Like, I don't have time at this moment to even talk to your ass because I'm not getting my way. Yeah. And I feel like this. My mother's, I ain't gonna lie, you remember back in the day, you used to get ass whoopers. My mother used to beat my ass all the time because I was highly spoiled. Mm-hmm. She's like, yeah. oh my God, I've been this girl spoiled. <laughs> you know, like, I, I look, I can't get my way. I make a noise. I used to make a noise with my mother. Ah! So this was about you not getting your way and and telling him Pretty much. Not getting the time that I felt as though I, I wanted yeah. a good moment. What yeah. about this? Did you want to fuck other people also? No. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, I had no desire like to do any of it. Because to be honest with you, after I divorced, like you know, I, me and him started seeing each other again, and I was okay with that. Like mm-hmm. I said, I just didn't take the proposal, the second proposal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So from the ladies, do any of you have comments regarding Erica's situation and um, not being patient or or even loyal to the unit at that age? And I'm not judging you, Erica. I don't want you to think that. But um, oh no, it's, it definitely was, it was. It was a lot. Like I said, it was a life lesson for me to learn because, like, you can't feel that. Um, you can't be that spoiled, regardless of what type of white picket fence life you grew up in you know what I'm saying you can't be that selfish and that damn entitled whereas though mm-hmm. like you want me for example I can't speak for everybody else but me for example I always like living my mama taught me this was something that my mom raised me and then day you work hard you should live like however you want to live and so growing up I thank God every single day I never really went through the struggle that people went through you understand what I'm saying like I told you when we first met I got home in Bel-Air and I went through certain struggles. I worked my booty off, you know, to do what I had to do. But at the end of the day, if you were a guy and your husband and you're telling your husband, oh, Lord, I need a six-bedroom house. And I want this. I want this. And the man is actually working his ass off. How do you think he's going to accomplish it? Right. And I wasn't thinking like that at that moment. Mm-hmm. I'm getting my house stuff now. I'm living in the house. He asked, I asked for all four of my dogs. Got strollers, carriers, everything that I'm saying that I want. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, I'm still like bitching and moaning because on the flip side of it, I'm like, yes, open up the gym in Toronto because he got the capability to do that. Wow, we're going to have a gym in Toronto. But mm-hmm. then on the flip side, I'm like, well, I ain't get certain night dinner. Where was you at? You understand what I'm saying? So it taught me like, come on now, that, that's ridiculous. And it's, it's silly and it's selfish and it's stupid. You know, you got to be realistic with yourself. Yeah, I'm sure some men are listening and they're like, this is this is that bullshit, man. This is what these women do. <laughs> yeah. And as you know, so like I said, I had to learn. And I thank, you know, my counselor. I, I thank God first every single day that a lot of them things have changed within me. I was never a horrible person, but it was more so I was so spoiled. And I felt like I was so entitled to everything at that moment. Gotcha. Yeah. Kimberly, Sherry. Latoya, anyone got any comments regarding that situation? Well, I'm, I was spoiled as a kid, too, uh, by my dad. Even though I didn't live in a two-parent household, per se, I was raised by both my parents. So my dad was <clears throat> everything. And anything that I asked for, he would never tell me, yeah, right? And he would never tell me no either. When I got older, I asked him, why you always saying, we'll see, and you're going to give it to me anyway. Right? So 
Folks, I'm sorry. This is Latoya Can you hear me? right now. Oh, yeah, okay. I just wanted to so, listen. No. So his thing, you know, he was like, it's because I don't want to have you, you know, expecting something and I can't do it. So in the event that I can't come through, you're not sitting around waiting for me to come through. Right. And even though it still didn't work, because <laughs> like I said, I always got what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, so. The biggest disappointment, you know, for me in my life with my dad was I got pregnant at 18 and I didn't go to college, right? I decided um, it's too late. You know, I can't do it. What people go, I was in the, I was in the state of ego. I was still young. So I'm worried about oh, what people going to say about me. Can I have a, you know what I'm saying? People going to be talking. And so the, um, the guy at the time I was dating which wasn't my son's, which isn't my son's father, biologically. Um, he wanted to get married. So I was like, okay. So I ended up getting married a year later, 19. And um, my dad wasn't happy about it. But I wanted to show him that I can make adult decisions and I can do it. You know, I'm doing it the right way. I'm going to have a baby. I'm going to have a husband. So it's going to be the right way. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, got married and, and a year later found out my dad had terminal cancer. So then my dad passed away. Oh, right. Wow. So my dad, we found out about his cancer and he was gone like eight months later was mm. so um and as close you know I was I'm a daddy's girl still am because tomorrow is my dad's um anniversary of his death mm. so mm. it'll be 20 years but I'm a you know anyway big hug so girl big, big hug, hug. <laughs> so with my um so with with that I'm now I'm married I have a kid I'm pregnant again when my dad died I was pregnant again with my second child, which is my daughter. Um, so I couldn't really grieve properly, you know, because you're pregnant and people are like, oh, you're gonna hurt the baby if you're crying all the time, you know, super shit. I was in, I was even Baker acted after my dad's funeral. <laughs> they thought I was gonna kill myself. I don't know why they thought that, because I never said it. But I mean, whatever. <laughs> So it was just a lot. And so what happened was my husband, as controlling as he was, which I kind of knew it, mm-hmm. but he wasn't really bad while my dad was alive, right? Mm-hmm. But as soon as my dad died, it was like, she got to depend on me now, so I can run this. Mm-hmm. And now the separation from family started to happen. Why you always going over there? You know, nobody will ever check up on you. Why you don't, you know, why you got to go to your grandma house for everything? Why you can't do this? Like, you know, so it's like, okay, we're family. Why you can't, we got to do, we, why we got to do Thanksgiving over there? You know, so it's like, yeah, you're right. We are family. Why? So yeah, let's do it here. You know, so I started withdrawing from family thinking that, this is what I'm supposed to do because I'm married now. So, you know, they say leave your your mother and your father and you leave to your husband, right? So, okay. 
And then it started with the verbal attacks. Anything I did was wrong. You know, I can't do nothing right. Um, I'm not, you know, you ain't shit, this, that, and third, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, okay. And I remember the first incident where physical abuse happened was my daughter was about six months old. And of course, my, after my dad passed, you know, my dad had life insurance. So the remainder of the insurance was given to the beneficiaries, right? Mm-hmm. I have, um, my dad had a total of five kids. I'm not the oldest. I'm in the middle. However, my older siblings were taken away. So they weren't really, a, like, he really didn't have a chance to raise them properly. So I was named beneficiary, right? So I ran everything. And I, um, so when I got my money, I bought me a car because I didn't have a car. My husband did, but he wanted a new car. So he was like, you ain't going to get me, you know, you're being selfish. You're only looking out for you. You're not going to get nothing for me. And da, 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 da. I've been enough for you. And this, that, and the third. So I was like, okay, I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to get him a car. And, um, I was late because, um, traffic. I used to work in Sunrise. We lived in Liberty City. So it was an accident on on the turnpike or something, and I was late coming home. And when I got home, it was too late for us to go to the car lot. Mm -hmm. But we could go the next day because it's, you know, a new day is tomorrow. But no. So that was the first time he actually put his hands on me physically. And in that moment, I felt by myself, like, who the fuck I'm going to tell? My daddy's gone. Right? Um, Nobody, you know, he'd already convinced me that nobody else in my family give a fuck about me. So who I'm going to tell? The only person that I did talk to at the time was my cousin, who I'm real close with. And um, she was like, what you want us to do? Because we'll come over there and do the, you know. Whatever. And I was like, no, I can't leave. You know, I got two kids. Like, what I'm, you know, I can't be by myself with two. I'm not, I can't raise two kids by myself and da, 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 da. So she was like, well, um, you can't, you know, if you want to stay. She was like, I don't think you should, but if you want to stay, you know, it's going to, it's not going to get better, it, it basically. So about year Four, it wasn't an everyday occurrence like he would hit me every day it would be like something that he wanted and at the time I wouldn't be able to do it or I'll be late from work or whatever I used to go to I was going to college because again I was young mm-hmm. so I was trying to get my degree and you know um he's like it's it taking you too long to get from school who you who house you went to you must have stopped by in the house or Oh, you always want to go to school. So what? It's a nigga at the school that you're trying to see and shit like that. So I was like, okay. So I stopped going to school Mm. because that was a problem. Like anything that I felt like was a problem, I stopped doing because I I don't like confrontation. It it gives me anxiety. And so I sunk into a deep depression. And at the time I was working at a mental health facility as a um working with addicts 
And I spoke with a therapist there. And that's how I got on psychotherapy. That's how I started doing psychotherapy for myself. Mm -hmm. And I was put on um, antidepressants. And then, um, you know, after taking antidepressants for a year and dealing with that and, you know, doing therapy, it was like an awakening start to happen. And at, like, at that point, how old were you? Um, 22. Okay. 23. I started at 22. And mm-hmm. then, um, so around age 23 was when I was like, starting to, you know, the awakening, the clouds started to clear. And it was like, this is not the life that you were supposed to live because you're letting a man put his hands on you when your daddy never hit you. Like the 20 years my daddy was with me, mother mm-hmm. put his hands on me. And and it was like my my therapist, she she said that to me. She was like, How can you allow somebody else to discipline you in the way that your father never even had to discipline you? Mm-hmm. and so when that when that started happening I did the same thing kind of like Keisha you know I met a guy at work and we started talking um I didn't sleep with him because I was afraid of you know he would find out it was just so we would talk and um he would do little things for me and then one day I just woke up and he was like, I think it, it was President's Day. I never forget it. And he was like, it was um right before I turned 24. He was like, um, I said, he was like, what you gonna do today? Um, I gotta work. And we were living in a hotel in between places. We're waiting on our new place to get ready, but mm-hmm. the old place, the lease was already up, so we was in the hotel. So <clears throat> he was like, what you gonna do today uh, with the kids? You know, blah, blah, blah. so I said, "Oh, take me to my grandma's house." So he was like, "Okay." I said, "Matter of fact, just get all my shit, take me to my grandma's house, and just leave me. Don't come back." <laughs> it was just, it yes, was just like that. Cause I was like, "What's going on?" And I think I woke up that day with that, and he was like, "You ain't leaving," you know. So we had this big old brawl. And this hmm. time, instead of just crouching in the corner, right, and hope, you know, waiting for him to calm down, this time, we going to, well, we, let's square up then, let's go. So I'm not doing this. And if I could have picked up the TV, he would have woke it. I promise you, I picked up everything in that hotel room and threw it at him. I, I had to pay for damages. I didn't give a damn. You're not just going to hit me no more. And it was just, it was kids? just a revelation. My kids was there. God, how old were they at the time? Um, so this was 2005. So my, my son was six mm-hmm. and my daughter was four. Okay. Right. Yeah. And so, well, um, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm sorry. Five and three. They were five and three. Okay. So you were yeah. about 23, you said, when this revelation. Yeah, I was 20, yeah, 20, 23, going on 24. Um, and I looked, and, you know, when, and then he was like, oh, you crazy. And it, 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 now I'm crazy. Now you crazy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. I'm crazy now. Okay. You want to project I'm, onto you. 
yeah, so then he took, he finally, you know, calmed down because he knew he, I guess he was like a week. He don't want to fight me, right? He just want me to take it. And right. I didn't. And so he took me to my grandmother's house. And when I walked in my grandmother's house, I had um, a bruise under my eye. I didn't have a black eye, like, you know, mm-hmm. it was just a bruise. And my hand was swollen. My grandma said, if you don't call the police, I am. And so I called the police and they came and took a statement, you know, went and arrested him. I had to identify the person. And, I, you know, we did all of that. And my grandmama told me, she was like, you know how I know you're done. You know you're done when you call the police. That's how you know you're done. She said a lot of these little girls, they call the police and then they go right back and get them out of jail. And she was like, they're stupid. You know, when you're done, that's when you you solidify it. Make sure they know ain't no coming back from that. And, and, you know, that's what I did. And it was weird because when I went to court, we're, we're legally married, right? Right. And state attorney, well, you know what the state attorney told me? It's kind of your word against his. Um, since this is his first offense, you really won't get, you know, any jail time. And do you really want to put your child's father in jail? Like they was trying to wow. make me just take, you know, the the pretrial diversion, whatever the fuck it is. Right. <laughs> so me being who I am at, at the time, I just wanted it to be done with. I was like, well, whatever. Y'all do whatever y'all want to do. And um, so that's what they gave him. He had to do anger management. We had a um, a separation agreement. Like you know, he couldn't he couldn't pick my kid up. Um, I had to take her to his mom's house in order for him to get visitation mm-hmm. because my daughter, my oldest daughter, is his child, not my son. And so I ran into my son's father, <laughs> which is weird, on the street, <laughs> literally. And then I kind of told him, I was like, you know, you got a kid, whatever, whatever. So he came into his life and he stayed, you know. So you hadn't um, told him that he had a son? Because I couldn't find him. Got it. Right. So my uh, my oldest father is in military. He's military. Okay. So when I went to his house to tell him about the pregnancy, me and my mm-hmm. dad, you know, right. um, his grandparents was like, he had been... He re-enlisted and he left. So I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, what the hell was I going to do? I had a man who wanted to be there for me. So gotcha. that's what it is. So <clears throat> I finally left my husband and I haven't looked back since. The guy that I was dating, who I started talking to before I left, like he made the transition so easy. He got me a car. Um, he helped me find a place and it was weird because, and I know I might get side eyed and I don't care because at the time it was my thought process. I was young. He was married. He was married at the time. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was like, you know what? It makes sense for me to date somebody who's already taken that way. I don't fall into another situation until I get myself together. I can't be with you for real because you got somebody. Mm-hmm. And so it was the boundary already set in my mind that this ain't gonna go nowhere. 
Right. And good because I am that hopeless romantic. Like Erica, you know, I'm I go to a next relationship. Like, because I want, I like love. Love is a beautiful thing to me. Mm-hmm. And so um we, you know, we had this connection, this bond. Uh, we would hang out, have fun. And then and he started getting sloppy with it. Like he would invite me to his mother's house. And, you know, wait a minute. Yeah, I got to the point where he was talking about leaving. And I was like, wait, time out. We were two years <laughs> in. He was, I was like, wait, time out. I don't want that now. That's not what I signed up for. I, I, I was signed up for the side chick and I'm okay with being the side chick. <laughs> I, I don't want to be the wife. Right. I don't want you to leave your wife. I want you to stay with your wife. And I think we're going to have to stop because this is not what I want mm-hmm. with my life. And then um, stop dating him. And then after that, it was just like, just, you know, um, you know, dating, I had a relationship. Um with another guy that didn't work out. Let me ask you this. What what's the longest break you've taken between relationships? Um the current one. Three Which years. Was, okay. So uh, since your last relationship that ended 3 years ago. Yeah. So you've learned that you need to take time for yourself or is it that you haven't found someone you want to be with or has it been both things? Initially you wanted time alone and now you want to be with someone. It's both. Um, because before in between relationships, it was like a year or before this one, the longest probably was two years before I actually got into a relationship. But this one is the longest and it was it, it's a combination of both. I needed first I needed to regroup because the last relationship was worse than my marriage, honestly. Wow. Because emotional abuse is worse than physical abuse. Mm. And um, so, yeah, my last relationship was worse than my marriage and I needed to <laughs> get my life back because right. I settled for a nigga and he treated me like, you know, mm-hmm. so it was like, yeah, I had to regain my composure. So now I'm ready for somebody, but I'm afraid of my my last relationship repeating itself. Gotcha. Thank you so much for all of that, Latoya. I mean, yeah. man, just so much. We have so much trauma in our in our histories. Um, some of the trauma is um, trauma that we welcome because of decisions we make, and oftentimes it has nothing to do with the decision we're making. We're just trying to be a good woman and, and be a loving woman trauma finds us but um i want to see if kimberly has anything she wants to to share Uh, kimberly why do you think women stay why do we ignore the red flags and stay sound engineer i need you to get on kimberly's mic um oh we got you hey kimberly So I I think women stay, um, Keisha kind of said it. She said, because we are infatuated with the idea of being in love. Mm -hmm. Um, We, and 
and Latoya kind of mentioned it again too. You know, so so many of us are, are, are almost hopeless romantics. Like like when we we are literally when we're we're as as kids, we are taught to be wives. We are taught to be mothers. You know, they give us baby dolls. They give us they give us easy bake ovens. They give us you know uh, a, a, a doll houses. They give us everything that preps us for being somebody's wife or, or, or being somebody's girlfriend or being some type of companionship. And so most of us are looking for that. And a lot of times we settle for having that just to say we have something rather than not having anything at all. Mm-hmm. What you got, Sherry? Hello, am I on? Oh, Hi, everybody. Um, I, I I can agree with that, but I, I think my upbringing was a little different because, you know, I had uh, like a strong mother and she didn't take crap from like nobody. So we had a lot of bouts of uh, because of my mom's childhood that it was just like me and my mom and my sister. So for me, it was more like I had a, I didn't, I didn't, I w- I didn't have that that look of like in my life to be in relationships. And I always like, oh, I don't think I ever want to be married and all this kind of stuff. Then I, I learned later that I had my own self-image issue, you know? And it took me a while and being in some long-term relationships to say, this is not bad. I really like this, you know? But I couldn't really... I guess, get past my upbringing. So once I started in relationships, I, I, I learned that I completely lost myself. And see, this is not what I was shown growing up. Like, you're supposed to be tough and strong and fight back and, you know, and all this. But when I get in relationships, I completely lose myself. And um, it's like no longer what I like. It's what we like or where we want to go or what do we want to do. And... If you don't like it, I don't like it no more either. And it's kind of like I just keep falling behind a man all the time. And I did that in, I could say about two relationships, settling for whatever came along and talked about it or didn't talk about it or just, you know, ignored it, you know? So for me, right now I'm in a place to where I had to learn to level myself up. I had to learn to know that I'm that bitch that when you have me, you have a good thing. And it took me some time to do that, you know, cause I was only in maybe two or three really serious relationships and they all treated me well, but it was something about it that I always settled for. It's something about it that in any with any other woman that might have been a game changer like I was in I was that that side chick too but I had convinced myself in my head that because of all the issues in their marriage and all the things that you know that I was more important but at the same time I I, I had to tell myself also I'm like huh if that man was to pass away right now would I even be invited to the funeral you know what I mean, if he got sick, she could say, don't let nobody in. And nobody would be able to come in. 
you know, and, and, and that made me think like, you know, why am I doing this to myself? Because I can't blame them. I'm the common denominator. Like they are who they are, but why do I keep accepting all these shortcomings? Why do I keep accepting that? So for me, <clears throat> um, after I got out of my last relationship, which gotta be around five years ago, I took like a three year hiatus and I was like completely celibate and just got a chance to get to know me and love on me and, and live life and do the stuff I liked. You know, be who I was and be okay with that. Be happy with me. So I so agree with Toya right now. Like, I've came to a point that I'm ready. But I think I also done got kind of settled in my ways like an old lady or something. Because I want my whole bed to myself. I don't want to be having to show up when I don't want to show up to nowhere. Like, I already got to show up to work. Like, I don't know. So... For me, my past relationships was a lot different. I've never been married, you know, uh, and it's like now I think I'm ready for a relationship, but I don't know. It's like everything that comes to me is not quite right, and I don't ignore flags, red flags anymore because I used to accept them all because of my own self-image, like this yeah. is all I could do. Yeah. You know, this is, yeah. this, you know, and I, and I, and I judged uh, who I was with that gave me my words, mm -hmm. you know, and I no longer do that. So now you say something I don't like, you don't disagree, you get on my nerves, you cancel. Like, uh -uh, <laughs> I don't need that. You know what I'm saying? And then I don't know. It's, it's for me, it, it, it just, relationships has always been a topic in my life that, I've gotten into them and gotten out of them and I never thought about it. But then I thought about it. It's not them, it's me. It's not them, it is me. And I had to understand what made me tick when I'm around somebody or if I give you my heart, does that mean you got my heart and my mind the way I can't even think for myself any longer? And I didn't, I didn't like that. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking to myself, like I've taken this time and I became you know what I'm saying? I, I've actually evolved into a better person, I think, mm -hmm. for myself. Not not exactly for him, or just for myself. I, I and so with me, I had one that uh, my longest relationship wasn't bad. We was just in a bad situation. You know, we was in a, a part of our life that where. It just, it wasn't ideal, but we stood together almost like more like best friends than anything. My second relationship, I mean, I'm just talking about the ones that were really meaningful to me. Uh, like I said, he was already married. They were separated when we met. We practically really lived together. But at the end of the day, he was still back and forth with his wife because they had things together, you know? And uh, actually didn't tell me he was married to like six months later. Then it was like, oh, but we're in love now. It's too late. Like, um, it's, it's nothing's going to change. My feelings haven't changed for you and all this kind of stuff. But I'm like, you didn't even give me a chance to, to make a decision. 
And at that and at that moment, I made a decision because I stayed. You know, I wanted to be mad, but I wanted the man so bad. You know, I, I thought that's what I needed in my life because you know that that uh what what what's the word I'm looking for? It's like that 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 completed me. You know, that that was my words right there. Whatever he is for me and how he makes me feel is what I was worth in my head. You know? Mm. So once that didn't get any better and I finally made that decision to cut all ties, I just took time to work on me. I took time to, to I guess you could say, grow up mm-hmm. and, and stop selling for things and have to realize and, and study like affirming my, myself that you are somebody and you're a good person and you deserve good things. And above all, you deserve your own freaking man, you know? Yeah. And so with that, I've been on this little hiatus. Um, For the first three years, I couldn't get past, like if I was in your company, like, and you did something for me and we started dating and all this talking that, you know, I would, I would like kind of, cause I have never been asked. I don't know about you ladies, but I've never been asked to be in a relationship. It's kind of like, we kind of like was together for a while. And then all of a sudden I was your woman. Like wasn't never like, would you be my woman? Like, like that. It's kind of like we together and then you're my man and I'm your woman. Cause we done been hanging out for the last couple months, you know? So I always get to a point to where if it seems like it's going to do that, I kind of back up. And, uh, but uh, I'm real happy now. I've, I've, I've came to a, a place where I'm happy inside myself. I have my own life I'm living. I'm doing my own things I enjoy in life. And the next person I bring in my life is going to be an asset to what I already like, what I already love, who I already am. Yeah, and not, someone so to I compliment don't have, you. Yeah, so I don't have to, I don't have to settle for what you're doing in your life and become a part of that. We'll have our own things going on and we'll, you know, meet somewhere in the middle and love each other through what we already have built in our lives, you know? Because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think I, when I was younger, a lot of my uh, dreams of relationship was those fantasies you see on TV. Like we're going to, you know, the, the house to pick your fence because at this point the kids are out. I ain't doing that no more. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> you know, it was... A lot of my dreams were like that, but I found myself always settling, always uh, taking more than I, than I got, you know, mm-hmm. from any situation. And I really had to check myself because I, I, I felt that was my own, that was me compromising for my own self-image, how I didn't think I was good enough or that I was too this or too that mm-hmm. to be wanted by anybody else because Nobody, and it's the funniest thing because I, I didn't grow up like that. Like I grew up with a mother that always said, like, you're beautiful and you're this and you're that. And I I grew up in a single family home. My father was never in my life, really. I knew who he was, but that's about it because him and my mom was married. But I guess I never had that strong male image in my life to really know what the hell they looked like, you know, and how they should treat you. So I just roll with the punches at any given time. But, you know, time is out for that. I don't roll with punches anymore. You know, I can understand that 
life has its challenges and difficulties, but I'm um I'm at a whole nother level in my life. And right now, if things happen for me, thank God. If if not, I know how to have fun and get out. I'm kind of like on that right now. Like mm-hmm. Yeah, doing date. what's healthy for you. Doing what's healthy yeah. and doing what you enjoy. Yeah. Because I, I mean, I really got, I've, I'm a grandparent now. So I've really gotten into my kids and stuff like that. So when I'm not working, I'm kind of like with my, my grandkids or mm-hmm. my kids, cause they're older now. So, you know, we kind of like talk and hang out. They're adults. So they have different conversations mm-hmm. and we really have fun together, you know? Yeah. I think there's something to be said for when you're doing what's right in your life. You leave out all the, all the ridiculous stuff. You know, you don't have time for the ridiculous things when you're focused on the healthy things in life. Right. Prioritizing the way that you should, um, then you you don't you're not with the shenanigans. So at all. Oh yeah. my God. That's a, that's that's right. You're not. Yeah. Hey, ladies. Let me. We're gonna. I'm gonna take a break really quickly. We're at the end of the hour, and we're gonna come back and wrap it up. Okay. 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 So everyone, you heard part one of When a Woman's Fed Up. We're going to get into part two, but I just wanted to remind folks that um, today, actually, Sunday, August 15th is National Relaxation Day. What do you do to help yourself relax? What are you doing to relax, man? You have to take care of yourself. Self-care is a must. This podcast is self-care. This podcast is helping to augment your knowledge base in the areas of mental health everything under the umbrella of mental health, but um, put it in action. Don't just listen to the podcast, but also do things for yourself, like go out and take a walk, you know, walk two miles five days a week, do some training sessions, exercising sessions, go and get a facial, stop in DRT, Brain Love Wellness Spa, and get a a facial with us. They are 30% off until August 31st. If you're not local, check out some other place. August is also spa month. I believe September also, but definitely August is spa month. Get a massage. Go somewhere and get a massage. You know, go to the nail salon. Spend time there and relax. Close your eyes while they're rubbing your feet and massaging your feet and your legs. Also, yoga, meditation, music therapy, listening to music, laughter, comedy, being around people who make you laugh. All of those things are about self-care. How you eat is also self-care, eating healthy for you, eating your fruits as soon as you awaken in the morning, eating your veggies throughout the day, not overdoing it with processed fast food and fatty foods and all those things. So, Take care of yourselves, guys. Today is National Self-Care Day, National Relaxation Day, pardon me. Take care of yourself, and I appreciate you taking care of yourself by listening to this podcast. Now let's get back on this couch with the ladies, with LaToya, Erica, Kimberly, Sherry, and Keisha. All right, so we're back, y'all. We are on the couch with Kimberly, Erica, Sherry, Keisha, and LaToya. And of course, me, Dr. Delvina, is your host here on the Brain Love Podcast. I hope you've been enjoying this hour. Um, so many gems were dropped, so many stories told, so many lessons learned in discussing when a woman is fed up. Um, I think there's been a couple of takeaways. Um, you know, we talk about red flags, knowing when to, to leave and not stay. And so um, you heard pretty much the consensus here is that 
women stay and ignore the red flags because we enjoy being in love with being in a relationship. It's not necessarily the person, it's the image. It's uh, the model that we want to try to maintain. And then there's also something that Sherry mentioned during that last hour, and that was self-image. If there's an issue with self-image or your own confidence or how you see yourself, you'll settle for anything. Ladies, does anyone have anything they'd like to add or any takeaways you want to give up? You want to drop some more gems, ladies? Right now, um, I think I said it before. This is um, Latoya speaking. I'm sorry, this is Latoya. And yeah. there's an attack on single mothers. So, you know, there's a big thing now where men don't want to date women who have kids. And I'm okay with people not, you know, having a preference. So right now for me, being that I do have three school-aged kids, what Sherry was saying about image, um, her your self-image, I think that men feel like I should just take what they want to give. You know, if I want you to just be my slider, then you should just take that because men ain't dating women with kids. Like, so you should just be okay with the fact that I even paid you any attention. Mm. And ladies, I want you to understand something. When they say there's somebody for everybody, there is somebody for everybody. That's right. If you don't want to be in a situationship you do not have to be in a situationship in other words don't settle right so don't take you know him telling you oh you should be we we're not privileged to be in the presence of a man with the it's always said when a man finds a woman it never said when a woman finds a man so keep that in mind we are the prize and and not saying don't be too crazy with it now don't do that either because some women, y'all requiring too much too soon. Y'all want these men to pay your light bill and he ain't never in your house. We ain't doing that. <laughs> we ain't doing that either. But don't make him feel like you. Pri- it's, it's a privilege for him to speak to you. Nigga, who you mm-hmm. is? <laughs> I, agree. I just want to piggyback off that real quick because... Say the name, please. Who, Hi, who's that Keisha. talking? This Keisha speaking. I'm sorry, everyone. Um... And I'm going to I'm going to speak personally, right, because I don't want anybody to feel attacked. OK, it, it was very important for me to start to realize my own worth and not depend on a man to validate who I am, because that is what where I found a lot of my relationships gone. Like I depended on you to tell me I was beautiful. I depended on exactly. you to tell me I was smart. I depended on you to tell me that I was enough. I depended on them to tell me everything that I, at that point, let me be specific, was incapable of telling myself. And then once I was able to get my own footing and my own grounding and my own um, worth in who I am, in the place that I feel like I want to hold in this world, like I didn't put so much weight on um, a significant other to do that for me. So, you know, while there may be an attack on single mothers, like, I have to realize that I'm enough just the way that I am with exactly what I bring to the table. And that's enough. Somebody has enough to make. And if not, I'm I'm good with standing on my own, you know, because there's some things in life that doesn't necessarily require um, me to be enough by having somebody on my arm to say that it's enough. You know, it's not about what it looks like. It's about who I am and the place that I hold, you know, and in and, and, and separating from 
a marriage and paying attention to me because that's been very important to me, not to blame him for where our marriage went because that relationship took two. Um, but to actually look at me and not just that situation, but previous relationships and notice how often I went from one relationship to another relationship and to another relationship. And I really took time for me and I dove head first and I did what Sherry said, like your interest became my interest. And if you weren't okay with that, like I was willing to conform to what you wanted it to be like, no, this is who I am. This is what I'm bringing to the table. I'm okay with me. You got to be okay with me or you could go ahead to somebody else. That's right. Some more gems. That's right. Yeah, I have to agree with that. I, I, I agree with all the ladies. And, and ladies, I would have to, well, everyone, I would say. Oh, 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 pause. Name, please. I'm Erica. Thank you. <laughs> and I would have to agree with everyone. And also, I want to say um, for ladies and the men that's listening, also, like I said, when I stated my um, stories, is that, you know, respect others and also don't be selfish. Learn how to be patient. And definitely pay attention to your relationships. And that's men. And that's also women as well. You know, and that would definitely help going forward. You don't have to. Yeah, you don't have to be selfish in a marriage or a relationship. You don't have to be that spoiled or feel like you're that entitled where you can't listen. You can't focus. You can't do nothing less based around you for women and men. Don't do that. Mm hmm. Thank you, Miss Erica. Thank you. Yeah, I think that's a strong takeaway, not being selfish. Um, that's important. All right, Sherry and uh, Kimberly, you guys are last to give your takeaways, if you have any. Any takeaways? Um, I, I think, I'm sorry, this is Kimberly. I, I think a lot of women, I think it's worth just noting that a lot of women lose themselves in relationships. Mm-hmm. I hear that. I hear that more than anything, anything else from women and they leave depleted. And when the re- relationship, uh, if it does not last, they feel like they have given their life over to somebody and, and they leave with nothing, almost um, losing themselves. And so it's just really, really important to stay true to who you are. Um, it is, you know, we get, we do, we get caught up in, in liking what they like and, and saying what they want us to say. And, and, you know, because we, we want companionship. And so it's most of the times it's us trying to make sure we are doing everything that makes them happy, even if we compromise our own happiness. And, and I want to say that everybody is responsible for their own happiness. Everybody is responsible for their own peace of mind. You should be happy already before you go into a relationship and he should be happy already because you don't want to feel responsible for making anybody happy. That will never work. And so that's the way you, you just always have to be true to yourself. And the best relationship is the one where you can be you and, and not hold back and not try to conform to somebody else because that's what they like. And that's, that happens more often than not. Yes, ma'am, it does. All right, Sherry, you got last word. You got anything else to add or? Good. Well, this is Sherry. Um, I, I, I completely agree with all you ladies. I mean, <clears throat> women talking with women is such a 
it's such an experience because you know you you when you're just by yourself you know you don't you don't think nobody goes through what you go through or or you know you're having trouble understanding why you do the things you do but when you talk to other women you can get some really really good clarification on on how this works because you know you a lot of things I think oh you're just a horrible person or that I'm just too this but when you talk no this is human this is human growth this is the things that we go through to get out on the other side and be better and just for the record to end it off I just thank you ladies all you ladies make me better you know all you ladies make me better that's why I love um podcasts like this and I love hanging with the women because each one teaches one and it it really helps you because now I finally get a chance to say no. Like I can say no now, you know, mm-hmm. and that's the thanks to women. I can say, no, I do not like this or this does not make me happy. And like, like um, she said, like I can, I'm happy alone. I'm happy. I'm, I got my own happiness now. So I, I really love that. And I think, and I think, and I, uh, and I thank you women that are in my life for that. That's all I want to say. This has been another mic drop episode, man. <laughs> Y'all crushed it. Thank you for, for being so open and honest and, and sharing your wisdom. There's so much wisdom here that was shared tonight. Um, I know this is going to help several several women as well as several men. Because there's so much that men assume about women. There's so much that they don't know. They don't know what to ask. They don't know because they don't want to know. It's because they don't know what to ask. So if they're open-minded and and they're able to receive information and and they're open to getting better, because you always hear about women talking about getting better, growing, whether that's spiritually, growing in how they approach their relationships, growing in how they see themselves and view themselves, it's kind of rare. It has been for me anyway. I don't hear a lot of men talking about self-growth in relationships. You'll hear it in business, but I, I don't hear a lot of men talk about self-growth, personal growth. So, all right, ladies, thank you so much for getting back on the couch with me. I think next time we talk, we, we spoke about a couple of topics that we can, we can parlay on. Um, I want to talk about how do we start a relationship? Let's be intentional because Sherry, you mentioned that you said you just fall into these relationships and you guys never really talked about it. So I think we should talk about that because I think I have a hunch. There's a difference between how black folks do it and how white folks do it. I don't know. I'm just saying. (laughs) All right. So guys, this has been another episode of the Brain Love Podcast. Meet us back here next Sunday night at 8 p.m. Everybody have the perfect week in Brain Love. All right, y'all. That does it for tonight. I hope you enjoyed When a Woman's Fed Up. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed every part of this episode. And I want to appreciate you. I want to say thank you to everyone who has been following me on the Brain Love Podcast. Thank you so much for coming back each Sunday night and if you don't come back Sunday night to get the episode when it drop drops you come in I, I see the views I check my views I check um, 
I should say the listens, not the views, but I look to see what are my analytics look like. I greatly appreciate you guys, you know, and I can tell what episodes you like the most, the best. And I, I got to tell you, it's the episodes about sex and relationships. Those are always the winner. So if you haven't listened to any of the earlier episodes, to back up, go backward and listen to some of the earlier episodes of Brain Love Podcast came out May 2020 during COVID. And I want to keep this thing going, man. Let's rock. Let's keep it going. All right. Come back and join me next Sunday night at 8 p.m. You guys have a fabulous week. So, guys, I just wanted to remind you about um, the ways you can follow me. Of course, if you're listening to this podcast and you know how to follow the Brain Love podcast, which I created May 2020, um, it's on iHeartRadio, it's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, of course. Um, and then follow me on social media. On Facebook, I'm Dr. Delvina, that's D-R, period, space, D-E-L-V as in Victor, E-N-A. And on Instagram, I'm Dr. Delvina, just as D-R, D-E-L-V as in Victor, E-N-A. And I'm the same on Twitter, as well as on Clubhouse. So if you're on Clubhouse, shoot me a follow. And I also have a YouTube channel that's Dr. Delvina Thomas. If you type in DR period space Delvina, D-E-L-V as in Victor, E-N-A, Thomas, T-H-O-M-A-S, you should easily find it. And really, if you're following me on Instagram, if you go to my bio and click the link tree that's there, it gives you all of my all of my different links. It gives you my website also, which is Dr. Delvina, D-R-D-E-L-V as in Victor, E-N-A dot help. That's H-E-L-P. And also, please start tuning in on Sunday mornings at 5 a.m. on 99 Jams, Community Matters. I'm a guest host with Super Cindy. Um, tune in. You can download the 99 Jams app. Um, from the app store and that way you don't have to get up and turn on your radio you can just download the 99 jams app so give me a follow subscribe and thank you for your support and if you have an advertisement for your company that you would like to play on my podcast shoot me an email hit me up info info at dr delvina d-r-d-e-l-v-e-n-a dot help h-e-l-p All right, y'all. Now I'm truly out. We're off the couch now. We're off the couch. It's the end of an episode. Thank you guys for joining me on my couch. It's been a pleasure. It's Dr. Delvina. Remember, every day you must have brain love. Balance. You can't have all work and no play, and you can't have all play and no work. Reframe. Reframe your negative thinking. Think positively. Avoid negative people. Inside, everything you need, it's inside of you. Look inside yourself. Needs. Know your needs. Your needs come first, not everyone else's. Limitations. Limit your expectations of yourself. Ownership. Own your mistakes, learn from them, and move on. Vengeance is not yours. It's the Lord's. Express yourself. Every day, meaningful communication. Don't go to bed angry. And that's been my show, guys. Brain love. Mm -hmm.